morning, church. Good morning, church. I'm so excited to be here. It's such an honor to be in front of you. Um, just like Bex, I'm also a teacher. But I love working with young people so much that I even do it outside of school. So we spent a whole week with Fuse, and it was amazing. And we, we still need more leaders because, as some of the Fuse peoples will tell you, they wanted some of their friends to come. But because it was all sold, I mean... 60 plus young people in here all praising God, connecting with each other, connecting with God. We only have a limited number of fused leaders, so we need more of you. You don't need a degree. You don't need any qualifications. All you need is just the love for God, and you can serve at Fuse. Okay, so as I was praying, oh yeah, my time starts now. As I was praying in the past few weeks um, about what to teach today, uh, God was speaking to me about being anchored, that I need to be anchored in him. So naturally, I gave my service, um, a sermon title called Anchored in Faith, uh, Anchored in Peace. So peace is very important in our lives, in our communities, and in the world that we live in. We hear it every day. Peace in our time. Everybody is looking for peace. So our focus today, we want to delve into what it is to be anchored in peace. But before that, we need to understand what peace is. Because we have young people, we have people that have never been to church before. What do you mean by peace? Okay. Peace is two parts. So you have inner peace and you have outer peace. Okay. So Inner peace is a state of calmness, tranquility, and emotional balance, body, mind, and soul. Inner peace is important because it reduces stress. It improves your mental health and your general well-being. A quote that I love says, if you have a book, young people, Fuse, I ask you to bring your books. I ask you to bring your books and the small groups. Anyway, if you have your books, please write this one quote. Peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is, not what you think it should be. Should I repeat that? Okay. Peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as it is, not as you think it should be. Many times we are disappointed by people because we expect them to be a certain way. If I'm going to get to the coffee room or we're going to Costa Coffee and I'm there on time, I expect you to be on time. But generally, this person is always late. So process the fact that they're always late and you will be at peace because you will not expect them to be early. Okay? So, these are the sort of things that may disrupt our peace. I want you to think about what may disrupt your peace. Josh came to speak to the young people um, on Thursday, and he said that what disrupts him is that when he wakes up at night, and he wants to go to the toilet. He doesn't want to wake everybody up. So he 
goes to the toilet in the dark. And then as he leaves his room, what might disrupt his peace is that he might kick the corner of a cabinet and his toe will sting. Not only that, he will start walking and as he's walking, trying to tiptoe, step on some Legos or a plug that is turned upside down. Oh, that disrupts his peace. With some of us, the most common one, you come to church in your car and you get to the car park. <laughs> ah, you know what I'm about to say. You get to the car park. Uh, sorry, the car park is full. But guess what? You're already late. You're serving. You were supposed to already be there 10 minutes before. And they say to you, no, you need to go to the college car park and then get the shuttle back to church. That might disrupt your peace. Okay. But there are things that you can do as an individual in order to cultivate that inner peace. Some people do meditation. Some people do mindfulness. Some people do breathing exercises. Yes, this helps calm people down and it, it cultivates that inner peace. And then you have outer peace. So outer peace, quite simply, is harmony. Absence of conflict within our relationships, within our community. So it's what's happening around you. It's important because it binds us together. It makes us communicate well. It makes us peaceful with one another because if your surroundings are peaceful, then everything is peaceful within you. Okay. But I want you to think about this. Peace is not something that you wish for. You don't sit and say, oh, I wish I had peace. It's not something that someone will come and give to you. Although, sometimes you may find peace in the presence of certain people, it doesn't mean that they give you peace. It means that there's something about them that radiates. Okay? Now, peace is something that you make as an individual. It is something that you do. It's something that you are. And it is something that you give away. So having said that, you can build peace. You can be peaceful. But if that was the sum and total of the peace we're talking about today, it would be very unfair. Because someone would come and kick your toe and boom, that peace is gone. It could be kids at home screaming and shouting. That's your peace gone. It could be at school. I didn't plan a lesson in the morning, and I get to school, I'm like, whoo, what am I teaching today? And guess what? Yes, the kids do suss out someone trying to be fake, and they will pull you out. So the essence of the peace that I'm talking about is peace as fruit of the Spirit. It is not about your external situations. It is not about the people around you. It's not about your circumstances. It is not even about where you are in life. It's not about your job. It's not about your accomplishments. But the peace of God is about where we direct our focus. 
It is the profound experience of knowing, knowing, not thinking, knowing that we are unconditionally loved, impervious to situations around us, regardless of what's going on in your life. It is knowing that God loves you. That is the peace of God. It is echoed in the words of Romans 8, 38 to 39, that reminds us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. It reads, this was when Paul was writing to the Romans, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Now, how can I put it simply for the young ones? Okay. Peace isn't about everything being perfect. Imagine it's a very cold winter's night. Daddy said you can't put the heating on because we're trying to save electric. You've been wearing a jacket and your thick socks, but you are freezing cold. If you think of peace as this cozy blanket of love from God that wraps around you and makes you feel warm, it doesn't mean that the cold is not there anymore. It just means that you are covered in this cozy blanket and you are protected from whatever is outside. That is what the peace of God is. It comes from God. So God is this blanket and he wraps you around. Suddenly, you don't feel the cold anymore. Another quote, the chaos around me does not need to become the chaos within me. Only when I keep my eyes on Christ do I find lasting peace. True peace extends beyond fleeting moments. You may just have had a promotion at work. You're happy, you're peaceful. Oh my God. You may have just got your results. Oh, oh, have you got them yet? Oh no. Yeah? And you got the grades and you're peaceful. Yes. These are fleeting moments. It comes and it goes. Once it's gone, your peace is gone. So peace is not based on things that come and go. Galatians 5 reminds us that peace is a fruit. Now, Pastor Billy mentioned in the first service when he was introducing this series, Supernatural Living, a fruit you don't just go and just say, fruit, and then it's in your hand. No. You don't just say apple and then apple is there. Mm-mm. A fruit is something that you plant from a seed. You plant it, you nurture the ground. It's not a one-day affair. You take days watering, making sure it's got a Fertilizer, making sure that, yes, when it starts to shoot, when does it need water? It doesn't need too much sunshine. Make sure there is sunshine. You nurture it, it grows, and then you get fruit. The Bible doesn't always mention peace, but there are themes throughout the Bible about harmony, 
tranquility, reconciliation. Every story has a war because people want peace. You don't just have war if you don't want to be peaceful afterwards. You have war because you want to be in control and be at peace. Peace bridges gaps between individuals and nations, and this mirrors our relationship with God. Did you know that peace comes from trusting God? I'm not, I'm not sure you do. I, I'm not convinced. Did you know that peace comes from trusting God? Okay, that's better. Now, we went to Ninja Warrior in Bletchley. As the few young people were coming back into the coach, none of them went to the coach and started checking tires to see if there was air. None of them went to check the engine to see if there was oil in there. None of them even asked the driver, is there any problem with this coach? They just got in and trusted that the coach driver would bring them back to church. That is what I mean by trusting God. When you trust God, you put your all on Him. Our peace is a reflection of how much we trust God. The more you trust God, the more profound your peace is. I heard a while back um, a child asking his father, well, I've never seen an elephant, Dad, so how big is an elephant? And then he kind of thought, well, how big is God as well? Do you know how big God is? And then the dad was like, let's go to the zoo. So they stopped at the gate. He's like, do you see that creature over there? And then the, the, the son was like, yes, what is that? It's an elephant. How big is it? He's like, well, it's so tiny. It can even fit in between my fingers. He's like, okay, fine. So they walked into the zoo and then walked straight to where the elephant was being kept. And then he looked up and said, how big is the elephant now? He's like, oh my God, it's massive. He's like, Exactly. How big God is, is dependent on where you are. The closer you are to God, you see his hand in your life. The closer you draw to him, you see his power in your word, in your life, in everything you do, in your workplace, at home. You see how amazing he is when you draw closer to him, when you allow him to come into your heart, when you allow him to take control of your life, you will see how great he is. But the further you stand away, God has no impact in your life. He's a gentleman. He will not force himself on you. So our peace, true peace, you cannot compartmentalize it. You cannot put it in a box. It must be expressed. True peace must be in every aspect of our lives. Not just at church. Some people come to church to escape chaos at home. Some people go home to escape chaos at work. But you must find the balance and the peace within to survive in your work environment. People will look at you and say, wow, didn't your mom just pass away? But why are you so peaceful? Beloved, I'm not saying that life doesn't throw turmoils or stones at you. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be upset. But I'm saying that in the midst of all that, 
there is a peace of God that lets you know that he's in control. There is a peace of God that lets you know that he is in charge. And as we close today, I just want us to remember that peace isn't merely a calm before the storm. But the peace of God itself comes the storm. Let us be diligent in tending the soil of our hearts, allowing the fruit of peace to flourish. In a world full of chaos, let us fix our gaze on Christ, for in Him we find lasting peace, lasting joy, lasting love. May the words of Philippians 4-7 resonate within us, which say, And the peace of our God which passeth all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, and let us be anchored in peace. Amen.